mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like in the eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I have on the owners and creators of Fuel Hunt Apparel. They are absolutely awesome human beings, Drew and Joey. We dive into a lot of the things that many people are really scared about when they think about entrepreneurship, but we also talk about how with men, there's a little bit of a block to want to go into this risk of creating something that can really benefit their lives, benefit their relationships. Yet where they're sitting in life is actually at the bottom of where their risk is for this new life. And so it's about reframing. And I really loved jumping into this with Drew and Joey because they firsthand have experienced recently with how this has turned out for them to really leave their their nine to five, quote unquote, nine to five jobs and hop into running a successful business that took years to cultivate. It wasn't overnight. And they're very honest about the struggle, about the mindset, about the things that they went through to get where they are today and about how it's going on now. So I hope you guys are ready to dive into a real authentic. I mean, every episode is authentic, but this is really authentic in, in where most men can relate to where Joey and Drew were and how they got to where they are today. So I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you guys around the corner. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today we have, let's say, the two owners of basically my favorite brand of, of apparel out right now, which is Fuel Hunt. Anybody that's been listening to the podcast, follows me on Instagram, knows I love these guys. I love their brand. And it's just really special to have you guys on here to be able to talk to the community, man. How you fellas doing today? Doing well, doing well, man. We are honored to be here. I, I speak for Drew and me when I say that. And uh, also thank you so much for the belief that you have in us and our movement, Fuel Hunt. Appreciate it very much. You're always repping and uh, I love to see it. Yeah. I don't think I own any other shirts these days <laughs> except people. <laughs> <people. laughs> so that's, the, that's the problem with our gear, dude. Like everyone says, like once you get your first shirt, then you get the next one, and then we're like everyone's like, "Oh, my whole closet, my whole my whole wardrobe's people on," and we're like, "That's that's the the bug." Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. bro. It's like, you know, I'm at this point in my life, like if I like the fabric, if I like the style of shirt, if it's high quality, I'll pay whatever price for it. You guys, I mean, it's not like you guys are even charging that much, but it's like, you know, I'll pay whatever for it because I would rather have something that looks good on me all the time. I believe in the brand 
and wear that every day as opposed to, you know, just getting the shit made in China that fucking has no relation to where I believe men should be today. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think we're seeing a big shift, you know, the past couple of years with that. People are shopping smaller and they want to wear gear that represents who they are, how they feel inside. It's a statement of self, um, you know, and uh, we're like just so blown away, you know, when we consider where we started, so blown away. There's so many people that, um, you know, want to rock fuel hunt and believe in what we're doing. Bro, every time I get like guys like see my shirt and they'll be like, bro, where'd you get this stuff from? And then they'll be like, uh, hey, send me a link. And then all just uh, constantly I get guys reaching out to me like, where is this? Who is this? And I'm like, bro, you get if you don't have their stuff, you better get it now. But, you know, <laughs> it's just like I, I just can't wait to see you guys covering the map. Uh, oh, I think I texted you, Drew. It was really funny. Actually, this dude all the way in Kodiak, Alaska, I was wearing fuel hunt oh, yeah. out there. This dude at a freaking um, the local brewery was like, bro, I just saw your shirt and wanted to tell you I freaking love those guys. And I'm like, yes. I was like, you guys made it all the way out to Kodiak, Alaska, from Pennsylvania to Kodiak, Alaska. Yeah, hey, man. I love born in Philadelphia. Born in Philadelphia, but born worldwide, dude. That's all I can say. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, it was dope, man. It made me really proud to be uh, somebody who's connected with your brand to see guys like that really just respect it and be all the way out there and literally pretty much as far as you can go west. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that might be a new that might be a new touch point, you know, that far west for us, man. That's that's cool. That's super cool. I think there, there's no one thing we're learning is there's no bounds to the movement. You know, people believe they people still believe in hard work which is um mm. which is which is great to see because when we started fuel hunt it's because we felt alone like nobody did anymore and uh mm. you know now the few are so widespread that we're like yeah that's what we're talking about you know that's why we're a movement yeah you're gonna have to change it from the few man it's gonna be like <laughs> to the united states yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you guys created a movement for sure one day one day yeah, one day, man. We're going to keep grinding until I love it. Oh, absolutely, man. I love it. Well, I'm going to run you guys through the manly round. We'll give you guys both uh, time to answer each question. Just a few little fun questions so the community gets to know you guys a little bit, maybe differently from anybody that's heard you guys before. So you guys ready to dive into it? Let's do okay. it. All right, we'll start with you, Drew. We're going to go with what is your spirit animal and why? My God, my spirit animal, I think, is a lion. While that might be a uh, very cliche answer, or maybe I, I don't, I haven't heard of answers before, but like I feel like where I stand in my family and my community, like I stand as like the, the leader and the and the people, the one that people look to to lead them through things. So I think that. Uh, Lion being the king of the jungle is kind of my spirit animal. I never thought about that before, though. I like it, too. But, you know, actually, with the lions, if we're going to go with the brand Fuel Hunt, the women are actually the ones who do the hunting. And then yeah. the males are the protectors. Pre predominant, predominantly, predominantly. predominantly. Men, the male will hunt if it has to. 
but they typically, the women, actually, the female lions actually do all the hunting. The male comes in, gets the first bite of the kill, and then everybody else gets to eat. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, Joey, you're up, brother. What is your spirit animal and why? I'm going to have to go with the eagle, which uh, you, you may have expected because that's the, you know, the animal, the fuel hunt animal, the eagle. But, um, you know, I actually wrote, I wrote a blog post, an email about this, uh, why we chose the eagle for fuel hunt. It's kind of the same reasons why I think it's my spirit animal. I mean, they're rooted in hard work and service. You know, life isn't easy for an eagle, you know, you know what I mean? With uh, hunting, rearing, uh, raising its children. Um, so uh, those two reasons, hard work and service are uh, other reasons that the eagle would be mine. And they just look dope. You guys, okay, so you guys did a shirt that I have, the green shirt, and it's got the snake on it. Real fun yeah. fact is that the founding fathers actually didn't want an eagle to represent the United States. They wanted the snake, the rattlesnake, to represent yeah. the United States. Yeah. Yep. That's why Virginia has the don't tread on me. Tread yep. on me. Yeah, exactly. That's a fly. And yeah, there's, a, really. there, there's a rumor, which some people say it's true, some people say it's false, that... uh Ben Franklin advocated for a turkey instead of the <laughs> eagle because because oh. at the at the time the turkey I think was native to mm. like North America like this so he was advocating for the turkey people blow it out of proportion and they make it like you know he was like can I can I cuss I don't think he was uh yeah you can he, he was shitting on the eagle, but he, he wasn't. I think he had some sound reasoning, but that's another fun fact. I love my fun facts. So I'm going to throw one your way too. Oh, I love it, bro. I love it. My wife says I'm just like the master of freaking useless knowledge sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd be lying if I said that I haven't heard that before about me. So you're a good company. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, yeah. Drew, you're up next, bro. Your question is... What song, whenever you hear it, it doesn't matter, no matter where you are, if there's like a million people around you and you're in a library and this song comes on for whatever reason, someone's playing it in the library, you act absolutely just have to bust out singing along with it. Not just dancing or anything, singing along out loud. I would like to say, I, I don't like going first on these questions because I feel like you <laughs> to think about it. <laughs> This one I have a good answer to. Uh, actually, I forget. Uh, Bill Withers, the song "Lean on Me," right? Bill Withers, the singer. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, actually, I have a tattoo on to tattoo on me here. But my dad used to sing that song right before bed. Before, like, I mean, God rest his soul. But uh, so that song literally stuck with me that my whole entire life. Oh, I love that. That's a good one, bro. I love that one. I was I was well prepared yeah. for that one then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joey snuck you an answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Joey, you're up, brother. What song do you have to bust out singing? This is a tough one, man. I'm I'm not much of a vocalist, man. I don't I don't sing often. I don't dance often. I'm a pretty stoic, dude. Um, I would have to say if there's one song that fires me up to the point where I would where I would sing it, I'd probably say "Eye of the Tiger." I know that that's, Ooh. you know, I know that that's like real played out, but, um, you look, we're from Philly and, uh, 
I don't do, <laughs> I, I don't do, I don't do fictional characters really, but Rocky is just, you know, there's certain things that come with you when you're from Philly and, and Rocky's one of them. So I would Rocky, say I tiger. Rocky's not a fictional character, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you can, I don't think you can see him on camera, but I have a, I have a uh, little hand-drawn portrait of him behind me here in the office. Oh. So. I love that, bro. I love that. Yeah. No, actually, Eye of the Tiger hasn't been one that's been put on the show a lot. So that's a, I think I've maybe heard one other person say that. So All that's right, a solid man. one. But All that's right, a, absolutely. I, I really challenge anybody to hear, and I've said this before for some other songs, but I challenge anybody to hear that song and not sing along with it, right? And not right. get fired up the Eye of the Tiger. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I love that one. Yeah. All right, your last one is Drew. You get to go, Drew. You're gonna you're gonna kill me for this one. Um, <laughs> all right, if so, imagine at this point you can travel in time, you can go to the past or be in the present, and you can pull a prank on any well-known person. So it's got to be somebody kind of the world knows, right, or has familiarity with. Who would you pull a prank on? I mean, this might get controversial, but I feel like Uncle Donnie, dude, Donald Trump, dude, like he would have to be <laughs> the funniest dude to prank. Yeah, like just like with his reactions to things. Yeah. Like I could just see pranking him being like hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> he would probably be a good one. And there's nothing controversial because we've had people want to prank old Donnie ball game. We've had people want to prank. <laughs> uh jesus on here <laughs> like don't hey, worry man took, there's nothing off my, my answer, answer. <laughs> jesus i like it i like it man yeah yeah donald trump would be his whatever response he would have would be absolutely classic for sure i agree i agree yeah what do you got joey so when you asked that question, obviously I had the luxury of, of a bit of time to think, which I very much appreciate. Um, when you <laughs> asked that question about uh, going back in time, one of my one of my favorite dudes ever is Da Vinci, mm. uh, Leonardo Da Vinci, right? So I'm thinking, what would I do if I pranked him? And I I think what I would do is I would steal the Mona Lisa because. <laughs> He carried it around. He carried it around with him for like a bunch of years and never finished it. So I would go back. I'd steal that shit from him. He'd be like, couldn't get past himself that he lost it. Then I'd give it back and I'd say, finish what you start, man. Because like, there's a lot of stuff that he left unfinished. He changed the world, but there's a lot of stuff he left unfinished. I feel like if he, if he actually finished it, his impact would be even greater. So I, I would, yeah. I would go back and steal Mona Lisa, man. That's what I would do. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's probably one of my favorite ones. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah or it's like I don't know if I, feel like, I don't know if he'd enjoy it, but oh, no, no, he'd be so pissed. Uh, <laughs> I feel, I feel like another good one would be like Michelangelo, and like while he's working on a sculpture, you actually remove it and put a fucked up piece there or something like that, or like one that's like broken in half, like somebody came and knocked it down. And then yeah, like he comes yeah. back and he's like, motherfucker. And then you yeah. actually put the real one back later. But yeah, that would be a good, that's really <laughs> good, whole, dude. I like For that. a whole week, everything he made progress on, yeah. you just replace it with some like stupid shit. That you just <laughs> took like a messed up, you just took a hammer and you just wagged it. 
And then you have them thinking the whole week, like, wait, am I really who I think I am? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> that would just be art. Be like, yeah, am, am I? Yeah. Yeah. Am I seeing this differently from everybody else? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, so good, man. I love that. Well, I'm going to toss it to you guys uh, now, and I'm going to let you guys kind of uh, guide uh, a little bit of this. I'll let you guys figure out who wants to kick off. But you guys have a really special brand that I truly, truly love the message here because I think so many people need to get back to just putting hard work, it, whether it's in their life, whether it's in their own development, whether it's in their relationships. People are just afraid. I see a lot of guys today that are afraid of hard work. You know, they get any adversity in their life and all of a sudden they're fucking quit. And you guys had normal jobs. Um, and you decided, and you guys have families and you guys decided like, Hey, I'm fucking out and I'm going to be an entrepreneur, which is terrifying to most people to be able to fucking cut off one stream of income and then just hope that this is going to bank and, and roll out. So I wanted yeah. to talk to you guys a little bit about what was the provocation for you guys to even want to step away and create a lifestyle of entrepreneurship and hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to go first, Joe? Yeah. Uh, for me personally, like it started with just not feeling fulfilled in what I did with my nine to five. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I was making plenty of money and I had the somewhat like of the freedom that I wanted, but like, I just didn't feel like I felt alone at, when I would go to work every day because I was literally busting my balls like all day, all night to, to succeed. And then I would be held to the standards of other people when they weren't even working as hard as I was. So that was the first thing for me. And then that was when I was younger. And then I, as I started to get older, I had my son and I found myself wanting to at least have the freedom. I was like, if my son has a baseball game or I want to take him to school one day, I don't want someone to tell me when and where I have to be and when I have to be there. Mm. If that makes sense. So I wanted control of my own time and what I wanted to do with it. So Joey and I, and it's kind of a catch 22 because we spent a lot more time in the near, the near term to pay off in the long term. So now while there's a lot of hard work still to be done and we spent countless hours working day, day and night working our nine to fives and then coming home working all night till 10, 11, 12 1 a.m we did sacrifice a lot up front but now i have the freedom to say you know what i'm going to take my kid to school today or i'm going to head out of the office early to uh go to my son's wrestling match or baseball game so that's where it started for me uh those two things mm. what about you joey yeah i mean i you know fulfillment is um is a funny thing so I loved what I was doing previously. I loved my team there. So on those levels, I was fulfilled. I, I was having mm -hmm. impact. I worked for um, one of the largest youth leadership organizations in the country, um, you know, building technology for them. So, so there was definitely some fulfillment there, but there was, there was still like a scratching in, inside of me that, and you know, this is, we, we had already started fuel hunt. So the scratching was probably fuel hunt. I call it like the talent. Like there was like a, a scratching inside of me, like, dude, like 
you you're meant for more impact. You know, mm-hmm. what you're doing is great, but you're underserving people, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the few on community. So that was the first thing, like that scratching, it just wouldn't go away. And I just knew that I had to make a move. And then, you know, the second thing is similar to Drew's with, with time. I have two daughters, um, both are young. And I was like, I, I won, not necessarily more time because uh, if, if you're an entrepreneur, you understand this, you kind of have less time <laughs> once you, you know, yeah. jump ship and you go, um, you have less time, but the time that I do have is much more intentional. It's much more focused. It's much more valuable. Um, and I wanted to have that to spend with my girls, with my daughters and my wife. So mm-hmm. it was really that undeniable, like scratching that I was meant for more. And then the fact that I wanted my time to be much more intentional and focused on my family. They were the two things. Did it help you to have each other as business partners? Did that help kind of be like, yeah, I I feel more comfortable in the massive risk we're taking? I think, um, I mean, yes, definitely. Like us being, being cousins and partners, we're very like-minded. We support each other. Drew knows my intricacies. I know his, you know, we balance each other well. So it was definitely a help, but there's no two ways around it. Like it is a massive risk. When you lay your head on your pillow at night, you know, that risk is very real. So no matter who you have uh, around you there, that risk um, is always weighing on you when you take it, but you have to take it. There's yeah. always people that say like, don't ever do, uh, get a partner when you go into business. And I'm like, I, tr- there were some nights that were really hard for us that I don't know if I would have gotten through if I didn't have Joey having my back. And I hope that I hope and believe that he feels the same. Like mm-hmm. as long as the partner is going to balance you out appropriately and, and, make up for where you lack i think partners are a great idea yeah Yeah. drew Drew and i are both servants to a degree and i think that's what helps us form or that's what helped us form such a strong bond to weather the adversity i think most people that go into business have the opposite mindset they're on the take and that's why everybody's like oh don't get a partner don't get a partner drew and i are the opposite you know, we're on the giving end of it. And both of us joining forces together in that giving, um, you know, helped us weather the, the difficult points. Mm. And that's, I think that's a big, that's a big point for people to take away from there is to understand, like, I, I'm not a, I, I'm not adverse to taking on partners either. I think good partners, like if you're having a clear communicative relationship with that partner in business, you can create a massive brand probably faster than someone trying to do it all on their own. And like you guys said, that's support in the rough times because I don't give a fuck who you are. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely game and you are going to have ups and downs. Like, and if you don't have a support system, especially if it's your business partner, like you can, that's why most businesses fail. But you guys decided to have that, had an open communication. And what you guys both said was, I want more freedom for my family. And then what I'm thinking, I'm like, you motherfuckers took on more work. Yeah. <laughs> you guys took on it's may, way more work. It's quality, not a quantity thing. You know what I mean? It's a quality, yeah. not a quantity thing. And then it's also a long-term game. 
You know, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. I think a lot of people, you know, jump into business and they're not willing to play the long-term game. They're playing a short-term game. You know, I'll have uh, more control, you know, I'll be cutting my own paychecks, like things like that. I hear that a lot when people come to me and they say, Hey, I want to start my own business. Um, first thing to understand is it's a long-term fucking game, man. There's more pain than people understand in the beginning, way more. Mm-hmm. And you got to be willing mm-hmm. to play that long-term game. Yeah, that's like everyone's like ever everyone asks like all the time, like, oh, like what do you plan on doing for retirement? I'm like, dude, I'm never fucking retiring. Like, I'm like yeah, that. And yeah. I think that's the when you sign the dot and live to be an entrepreneur, it's like I'm never gonna fucking retire and I will work till the grave. And that's just what it is. Like, will it be at your pace and what you decide is work at the time? Yeah, but yeah. there's no it is long term. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is not, you know, the, the textbooks tell you the first five years of a business, you don't pull any income in as an owner, right? Like that's the, the textbook answers. Um, and that could be shorter or longer and realistically, depending on your brand and depending on your overhead cost. But for guys out there, I find a lot of guys that, you know, they, they have good ideas. They, they don't want to be a cog in the wheel anymore, but they're terrified terrified to risk anything on being an entrepreneur, even though that like you guys, you saw the long-term potential and you're like, bro, that's where I'm going to be. I know I have faith in myself. What do you say to guys like that, that are looking for similarly what you guys desired, but are, they really don't have a reference point of anybody to be like, yeah, that that's doable for me. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. I just had this conversation like last week, buddy of mine at uh, my jujitsu school. Uh, he just ventured out uh, on his own, um, which I applaud. You know, he took the risk, took the leap. And he's like, you know, I'm six months into this and it's still terrifying. <laughs> when does that? And he said, when does that subside? Or when does that go away? And my answer to him was basically never. Like if you're doing it right and you're growing and you're pushing the boundaries of your business, um, never. Like that feeling of terror is a strong word, but that feeling is always going to be there. The thing that, um, you know, I tell people that gets me through it is reframing. And that's a big tool for me in my tool chest. And just basically saying like, look, like this is scary, but if I can reframe this into an opportunity, you know, what will my future look like if I take this opportunity and I do what I know I can do, work hard to seize it? What will my future look like? And the future always looks better than staying comfortable and not taking the risk. So I always mm-hmm. just reframe into an opportunity. That's what I, you know, I try to tell people that ask me about it. Yeah, I think you need to come to terms with the fact there's going to be risk, but the reward will always outweigh it. And you're never going to be able to avoid the work. You know what I mean? Like whether you're starting a, a power line or a a food company or anything, like there's just so much work involved that you're not prepared for. And that's going to take a lot of sacrifice in the beginning. And it's going to be realistically harder than you think. But the one thing entrepreneurs need, especially starting out, that I don't think they're ready for is tenacity. Like mm-hmm. there were days and months when sales just weren't coming in for Joey and I in the beginning. 
like they literally the register just was not ringing at times in the first couple like three years and joey and i we fucking knew dude we were like and joey said i'll I'll get it tattooed on me one day but it's like we're gonna die on the sword before we quit joey literally said that to me one day and i was like once he said that like, like it clicked and i was like all right dude like and then we fucking just kept hammering and hammering when when the shit wasn't working and then it eventually just did what was that what so i have a couple of questions but since we're on this this line of thinking right now what was that flip for the brand like where was your guys's flip where it was because people look at you right and they they don't know about the three years of fucking hardship beforehand they just know like wow fuel hunt we're seeing them on a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of influencers a lot of big names are starting to wear the brand and they Mm -hmm. support the brand and people just see that but they don't hear about the three, four years of fucking struggle before. So where was the flip? Like, where was that, where was that switch for you guys that turned it where that perseverance paid off? Yeah. There was a uh, point in time. um, Ironically, I guess you could say in uh, early 2020 where um, the switch flipped for us. And I can't say that we, you know, we were, we just started going harder we saw an opportunity and what was happening in the world. And we decided to work even harder, take even more risk um, to try to bring our movement to people that needed it at, at that time. And um, that's, I think when the, the switch flipped and we started to see some more traction, but like Drew said, from like, you know, 2017 to 2020, um, you know, not a red cent did we see, you know, from this business, it was all, blood, sweat, and tears that we were putting in one. I think that even, even at the end of 2020, I mean, it was, I think that our joke is uh, we, we bought laptops for ourselves and like, we were like, we, we deliberated over the decision for like two weeks. And then we were like, you know what, we need these laptops. Let's get them. Like that was the first thing that the business um, material thing that the business ever produced for us. And that's, you know, four years in, I mean, it's yeah. a long damn time not to quit, especially in today's culture. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, to put it literally too, like we started to find our way in paid advertising and, and, and paid ads. And just around the time when the world started to shut down, we went harder on that. And we also invested a lot of the money that we had made at that point and bought our first run of a thousand T's. And we were like to get better margins to be able to, to grow more and scale more. So yeah. we were like, and we, and that was another thing we toiled over. We were like, should we do it? Like, this is like basically all the money we've made. And we just went in and it ended yeah. up paying off. But that was back to more risk. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 You're always weighing that. I think a lot of guys, what they don't realize too, is that like when they look at people that are going to be entrepreneurs, they think, wow, that's scary wow, like I can't do that. And then I'm just going to stay in this comfort zone. But everything, like you said, Drew, you put it perfectly. Everything is risk and reward. And in risk and reward, when you live as a cog in the wheel, what do you risk? You risk your happiness, right? And your your reward is a measly average income where you know you live for the weekend, drink and watch football, right? Like that's the, that, that is pretty much the average Western culture, American life right there, right? But then when you look at these guys and they're just like, 
like I said, if they looked at you guys and been like, wow, that risk versus reward is a major payoff because the risk is huge freedom with my family to have financial freedom to do what we would desire to do, but it's going to take us time. That's the reward. And the risk is, well, I could fucking lose it all and have to go get another job back in corporate America. Right. But you already have a job in corporate America. So what guys don't see is you're already playing at the reward of the other life. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and that's the only risk of your of your new life and potential. It's like if you really saw this in comparison, you would probably like you said, Drew, you're like, I reframe or Joey, I reframe. I reframe it. If guys reframed it, they would see what you guys saw and be where you guys are now. Yeah. What has yeah. always perplexed me about that argument or, or counter argument is like you're risking every like they can get rid of you at any time. Like you could show go to show up to work tomorrow and they can say, Hey, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. So you're already risking everything every single day, in my opinion. That's the way I always thought about the standard nine to five culture. There's no guarantees. You know, there's no there's no guarantees. So you're not, guaranteed, you're not guaranteed your health or your paycheck, really. No, fuck no. But it's a it's a it's a false guarantee, right? Yeah. They they believe they're guaranteed that, right? Like, oh, yeah. I've been here five years. They're not going to get rid of me. Well, the fuck they aren't, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys because this this really intrigues me, and I love for guys to share about it because most men, th this is not something we talk about, but. What was the hardest time you guys went through when you guys were doing this, where it was like, fuck, you know, should we, should we hang this up? Is, is this fucking, are we hanging this up? Like, is this really a conversation we're having? Like, what was that hard time that you guys experienced? How much, how much time do we have left here? Today? Today? That's some, that's some, that's some laughter to it. You can go ahead, Drew. You can uh, for me, it was just that time that I was talking about. I remember being uh, in my basement packing orders, like texting Joey, like like oh, the register, like about the register not ringing that that day or that week, and we weren't doing well. And I was still like, I was it was late at night because I would I had come in from my other job, and I was like just feeling it. And I was like, dude, like how much longer are we gonna fucking do this? Like, like I'm going to work and busting my ass, coming home and busting my ass, and it's. I'm packing not enough orders to, and I kept looking at it. Like if I want to be full-time for myself, we have to have X amount of orders to, and we were here and the X amount of orders was here. And I, it seemed so fucking far. And I was just like, I remember yeah. literally texting Joey about how we were just in a bad spot. And like, it felt like we were doing all this work for nothing. And I guess coming full circle like that's what entrepreneurship is for the first year two years three years five years you're doing a bunch of work with no reward and that's just what it is like <laughs> and, and joey said to me and i'll say it again but he's like we're gonna die on the fucking sword before we give up mm. and that that was really where the flip switched for me where it wasn't like a an option anymore it was like, it wasn't just a hobby or something fun we were doing. It was like, we're going to fucking figure this out. We're, yeah. we're going to die. We're going to die doing it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was definitely a die trying mentality. I mean, for sure, man, for sure. For me, um, I think, uh, you know, there are two distinct moments that I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to call Drew and I'm just going to tell him, Hey man, I'll help you out with this. 
but uh, I just can't do both things anymore. Mm. Both things being my full-time job and fuel hunt. There are two distinct moments. One thing that we didn't mention is we weren't nine to fivers, dude. Like we were overachievers. Like we're just overachievers period. Right. So like we were overachievers during our day job. So we didn't clock in at nine, leave at five and then have a clear head where we could focus on fuel hunt for a couple hours every night. It was a fucking war zone during the day, you know, <laughs> start early and late, you know, rush through family dinner to get to the laptop, to start to build the fuel home community. Like it was wild. And for me in that wildness, there were two times where my team, basically me, uh, made a catastrophic mistake. What I would say, catastrophic mistake, software mistake. Mm. And, um, in those two moments, I was like, it went through my mind once and then it never went through, you know, those two times it went through. And then after that, I was like, we're going to die trying, you know what I mean? I called Drew and I, I said that to him. And fortunately we had a little buddy system going on, Drew and I, we would call each other every day after our day jobs ended. And we would put ourselves right in the right positive mental state to go do what needed to be done that night. And, uh, you know, those, those times after those mistakes, like, you know, I wasn't sleeping, I was torn the fuck up, but, you know, we had this buddy system and, and, and Drew was there for me and he was like, look, we're going to get this done. And I was like, yeah, we're going to fucking die trying. That's the way we're going to do it. Yeah. I think that lends to the power of what you talk about a lot too, Johnny. It's like, you got to have a community, especially of strong men behind you and, to help push you and, and, and pick you up when you need it most. Like, and Joey was there for me when I needed it and, and vice versa. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's so powerful to have a brother or a circle of brothers that can support us. Cause it's one, like our women in our lives are amazing and they do well to support us, but they're not men. They don't understand the thoughts, the way that we, we have this different lens about life and how we perceive scenarios. It's very different, but other men understand that. And when you can have that brother or circle of brothers back you up and be like, Hey bro, I know you're low right now. I see where you're at. I've been there before. Let's fucking pick up the boots. Let's go and get back to it. That's a different, it's a different ball game when you get that and to have obviously your business partner be your cousin too. It's even more powerful. It's not just like, you know, sweat equity. It's also, you guys have that blood tie too, but it's powerful in that. And so when you guys like the, what you guys did and what you guys have done, is it like, I'm very interested because I know how much you guys believe in the message of you will hunt. Like it's not a, it's not just something you guys put because it's a cool slogan. You guys truly believe the message of you will hunt, but the purpose to have the freedom was obviously a driving point as well. So like you guys are sitting here putting in fucking tons of hours for your normal jobs, putting in the work for the company, what was the biggest driving factor for you guys as far as to, to push through the hard times? Was it because you wanted to support each other? Was it because the, you guys wanted the freedom so bad? Was it because the brand meant so much to you? Like, what was it that really was behind all of this to say, yeah, my, I'm fucking putting one more foot in front of the other and we're just going to take this day by day. Yep. You want to go uh, first, sir? Yeah, for me, it's all the above, right? So like, while I know my family was relying on it because I wanted to provide a different life for us, I knew Joby was relying on me to have his back. And, and I know if there's ever days or nights that I don't feel like doing it, 
I think to Joey, I'm like, damn, dude, like Joey probably put it the fucking today. Like, I'm gonna make sure I did mm-hmm. I did the best for him. So I gotta show him be my best for him every day. But then there's this over overarching message of like in my in my mind that's like the world fucking needs this and and fuel hunt is again not just a power but a movement and it's like it was the energy that flew or flowed through me at when we started right i was like this is fucking electric dude like and every comment we got every message we got that we still get the emails back that's like i never resonated with the brand more and it's because there's just something different about what we're doing Mm-hmm. And it's like the world needs our movement and people need to feel connected to people that think just like them now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And that's what Joey and I knew we had that I think helped us keep going when we needed it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was that for me, same thing, the world, I believe to my core that the world needs us plain and simple. Mm-hmm. So what it is. Yeah, brother. Absolutely, man. I think the world, I think men in particular, but in general, I think the world does need this message because I think that, uh, you know, society's gotten soft and people are terrified of hard work. It's like, fuck, if I can't get it done, you know, we've, we've created this immediate gratification culture. And if I can't get it done in a week and my life's not changed in a week, I'm fucking done. I give up. Like this isn't for me. Right. But it's like, no man, hard work is still hard work every fucking day. And it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week. It's going to take time. But if you keep showing up and you put in the hard work, I guarantee you that switch is going to happen. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, in the beginning it was, you know, the world needed us because we, we, we were witnessing the world change, you know, the, mm-hmm. the things that you just alluded to, you know what I mean? The immediate gratification, the entitlement, the comfort, the convenience, it was, it was robbing us of what makes us great and what makes us special as humans, you know, like mm-hmm. the human body, the human mind. So in the beginning, it was, you know, the world needs this. And then it started to transform into not just the world, but our community needs us. You know, so, you know, if it's there's a day that I, I'm like, I am tapped the fuck out, but I still have work to do. And it's, it's running through my head. I too, I'm like, I know Drew's putting out over there. I'm going to put out. But then there's another layer of it. It's like the community needs us. Like there mm-hmm. are thousands of other people that are feeling the same way. We're going to be consistent with our posts. We're going to be consistent with our drops. We're going to show our community that it's possible. It's possible for them to be fulfilled, basically. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, like fulfillment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like if we didn't get our morning post up that day, there's an ego out there that didn't get their daily motivation, right? That someone's back we didn't have. So yeah. like that's that's all the fuel we need, really. Yeah. No, and you guys, I mean, and now you guys are in the big boys because you guys got some big names who they fucking hard work every day. And these are guys running multi-million dollar companies and they support you guys. They're wearing the gear and like they believe in the message and it's like, bro, that's a whole nother layer added to it. Right. Cause you guys are connected now with those people who are setting a standard for a lot of influencers and business owners out there. It's funny. Like you say that, like what I feel like is so easy for us to resonate with those people is like, they're people just like us, like me and you that are out there fucking uh-huh. every day. They just are on a different level than us. You know what I mean? Because they did what we are doing now for X amount of years. 
Yep. So like they read that, they read our shirt and they're like, damn, yeah, I get that. And they throw it on their back and like, I'll fucking wear this. Like, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a, you know, they're on, they're on chapter 10. You guys are on chapter two, but yeah. they resonate with it. Cause they were in your chapter two. Yeah. You know? we're, reading, yeah. we're reading the same book. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's really special too, but it's a layer of, I think, in my opinion, when I see your guys's brand, I'm like, that's a layer of accountability too. You know, it's like, fuck yeah, that person was where we were and now we know where we can go. So let's keep putting in the time and the effort. And that hard work is going to be what sets you guys apart from everybody else too. For sure. Everything you see on any one of our shirts, we, we live. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that, that's how we got here. And I think that's yeah. why, you know, we've seen so much growth in the community and we've seen the success that we've had because yes, anybody can throw a slogan on a shirt, but how many people out there are actually living it to create impact, you know, like, like we are. Um, and I, I look around in our space and, you know, there's a few, but not many. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I want to, I want to ask you guys as well. So you came up with this amazing slogan, fuel hunt, man. I love it. And then behind fuel hunt is hard work, right? Who came up with that? Or was that a brainstorm or like, where did this come from for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I'm a hunter, which I, I think, you know, I'm a bow hunter. Um, uh-huh. So it's actually the, the full slogan. Everybody wants to eat, but fuel hunt or just fuel hunt is something that we would say at my cabin during archery season for whitetail. Um, oh, but nice. so like I was, fam- I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I use the expression, but during that buddy system chat, uh, Drew and I were chatting one day uh, on our way home from the office, and we were just talking about um, entitlement, basically, that we were seeing in the office. And I said, yeah, you know, it's like everybody wants to eat, but fuel will hunt. And then mm-hmm. that was the genesis of, of everything. As soon as I said it to him, he was like, that's something special. Let's do something with that. So Yeah. And we, he said it. I was like, it was like Joey and I's chats were the original – fuel hunt community like we were like the original you know what i mean and then he said that and i was like fuck dude like that's sick like we need to put that on a shirt he's like put what on a shirt and i was like that fucking phrase like that and then we ran the first 12 like that night yeah yeah that's dope and i I like i i actually did a solo podcast on this because again i love you guys so much and i actually was like fuel hunt and i was like this isn't just about hunting man it's also about your life like few will hunt they like few everybody wants the nice things in life but very few are willing to go put in the fucking work to get those nice things very few are willing to put in that hard work to have the freedom to be with their families like it resonates in so many areas of life fitness like just everything for me that's why i love it because like it actually hits everywhere in life and if you hold yourself to that standard of everybody wants these things. Everybody wants to live this life of like having happiness, having joy, having the beautiful things. Right. But no one wants to fucking go out and do it. And then it, it's just like, guys, that's the whole point of this slogan. That's why Joey and Drew put this out there. That's my opinion. It resonates everywhere. Yeah. We've, we always joke like hunting has become like a verb you know what i mean like it's not it's yeah. also a verb but like it's it's now 
we have our own definition for we post that we gotta we gotta post that every once in a while because like yeah we made up our own definition for it but like (laughs) hunting's not just like in the gym or in the field like there's like so many areas of life like it starts in the gym Mm -hmm. but like you want you want a good relationship right like oh like why aren't me and my wife clicking like why aren't we having like why aren't we having sex why aren't we like really like hitting it off and then like it's like oh you're not doing the work you're not mm-hmm. working on understanding you're not working on, on dating or you're not working on other areas and then it's like oh, why do my kids not respect me why aren't they listening when you're not doing the work you're not you're not doing the research reading the books we're communicating properly or leading properly or setting a good example mm-hmm. so like hunting as we call it applies to literally all all aspects of life yeah, yeah. a lot of our community members come in so a lot of people join the fuel hunt community with maybe like a material definition of hunt where they're they're working a job and they're hunting to put their family in like a better home they're working hard to put their family in a better home or their kids in a better school but then the interesting thing that happens is it starts to transition to like self and fulfillment and happiness and relationships. So there's like a, a switch that flips even for a new member to the community. It goes from, you know, uh, material to like the things that really matter, like fulfillment and like hunting, you know, the, the weaknesses within themselves that they can work on to have better relationships and more fulfillment and happiness in life. So it's a really interesting journey um, that we see a lot of community members go through. Mm. Yeah. And that's, it's just, like I said, everybody that's listening to this or people that um, are kind of like, well, how do I relate with fuel hunt? This is exactly how, like it's everywhere in life. It really yeah. is. And that's, that's what attracted me to the brand as well. And, uh, when I was in special operations, we always had a saying the quiet professional, right? Like we never mm-hmm. talked about what we did, but we knew who we were and we knew what we were capable of. And we were just the quiet professional. And that's like, for me, that was so relatable to everybody wants to eat, but fuel hunt, because I was like, the quiet professional goes and hunts and he doesn't tell anybody he's going to hunt. He just brings back, he brings back what he needs to, to serve and to give back to his family and to give back to himself. He doesn't have to brag about it. He doesn't need to tell everybody about it. He just goes and does it and comes back with the rewards. So absolutely. Absolutely. Hit the the nail on the head. Yeah, absolutely. We don't talk talk about it. We be about it. Exactly, man. And that's, and that's the biggest thing for guys today. It's all about, it it needs to be about actions, man. It needs to stop being like, that's part of, I think this lack of hard work in societies. Everybody wants to be a fucking bobblehead and talk. Nobody actually wants to be actionable. Action over air, man. There's a lot of hot air, not a lot of hot action, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) Actions, what actions, what gets it done. And it's been that way since the beginning of time. You know, now everybody has, you know, uh, it's easier to have a platform to spread the air, but the actions will get done. Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of influencers on, uh, on Instagram nowadays, like that's what Joey and I like, I mean, until certain people like really convince us to get out and start spreading our message more and, and telling more about the community and being on podcasts, we really, we really didn't even like being on podcasts. We don't really still take enough of the requests we get to be on them because we'd rather be working and building, but now we know that this is a necessary part of building, but um, everyone on Instagram is, is shouting motivational messages nowadays, but not a lot of people are out there hunting. That's for sure. No, man. Yeah. It's just like, they want to, they want to post this shit and they just want to say stuff 
but then behind the scenes they're not fucking doing anything or behind the scenes they're just doing the same old shit they did before but they found a good quote from fucking marcus aurelius or from lewis Howes, and they're like let me repost this shit and put my own name on it and stuff and you're like bro bro it's it, to me yeah. it's about action your actions are what speak volumes and for me especially as a man like guys want to be leaders right and they want to be seen as like the the leaders of the family the hunters of the family but they talk way too much you know it's all about fucking action stop talking and just act that's one of that's one of my favorite questions to get like you know my kid doesn't listen to me or you know, yeah. my team at the office doesn't listen to me. How can I fix that? And I'm like, no disrespect, bro. But like, like, look at you. What are you doing? All you're doing is talking. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're pulling like a boss card. If you actually mm -hmm. want to be a leader, you have to start living what you're asking them to do. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. shouldn't be asking them to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. then they'll follow you, you know, set the example. But yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I hear you now. I hear you now. Do we got time for a three-hour podcast, y'all? Is that <laughs> <laughs> just dive into this one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. But no, it's uh, you know, when we talk about that, it's people, you know, being former spec ops, I was around some of the best leaders on the planet. And these dudes, it, they didn't have to say a word. They walked in a room and their presence commanded leadership presence and it wasn't because of what they fucking said it's because who they were how they carried themselves and the fact that they led by example they acted when they need to and they've showed that they could do anything that they ever asked anybody else to do those key components as a leader as the that's the epitome and backbone of what i believe your brand is all about as well which is again why it resonated with me so deeply because that brand is saying yeah get the fuck out and act stop talking Absolutely. So well said, man. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And going back to that dying on the sword, um, you know, uh, one of the follow up statements to that was to, you know, Drew that we were talking about was like, who would we be if we didn't continue to risk? Like we've risked a lot to get here and we're empowering people to do the same, to take risks in their lives. So this train's left the station like like. We're, we're full on risk now. Like who would we be if we got to a point we said, ah, oh, well, it's too much risk for us now. Like who would we be? You know, we wouldn't be leaders in this community. We would just be average shows, no pun intended. So that was another, <laughs> that was another reason for, you know, dying on the sword. Like, let's go. You know and what I mean? It's still like, as we grow to like the new levels and new devils we reach, it's like, it gives us more fuel and more experience just to share with the community. Like every post we post about suffering or just, or being in the discomfort zone, like we're there every fucking day, dude. Like we're yeah. still in it. We're still it's, today is just as hard as in my opinion, it was three years ago. Like it's just that every time we reach a new level, a, a new challenge appears and a new form of suffering appears. And, that's just what it is. But again, we're willing to go through it ourselves. You know what I mean? And that's why I think we have, we're going to reach different levels because of we have one of the strongest teams in the game. And I think it's just because the standard, like you said, is set in our, in on our team and in our warehouse and our, our office, like everyone knows 
to what level we have to work to get where we want to go. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's what people don't understand. True entrepreneurship is seeing the mountaintop and knowing when you hit that, it's just a brief moment. Cause there's going to be another mountaintop you're going to want to, cause you always are striving for something more, right? Bigger yeah. impact, uh, better quality stuff, higher levels of sales. Like there's things that you're always trying to create more of. And so the, the mountaintops are few and far between and you get to them and you see another one, but the journey is just the climb up. That's where a lot of the joy gets to actually happen while it fucking is hard. And I know, I know the pains, you know, it's fucking you know. hard. It's hard, man, but it's, there's a lot of joy in that. Cause that's where life really <laughs> happens. But man, oh, I love this. I love this episode, guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come join me and give to the community. Um, just let everybody know real quick. And obviously we're going to post this in the show notes, but where can everybody find you? Uh, how can they reach you? And then is the, is there a, a fuel hunt community they can get involved in now and, and start chatting it up with guys? Yeah. So the, the, the best thing to do first and foremost is head over to Instagram and follow us at fuel hunt. You can also check out, you know, our apparel and our blog online at fuelhunt.com. And then there's also a jump link on fuelhunt.com to daily attack plan, which we didn't really touch on. But it's a self-development platform for members of our community to use um, so that they can track um, their hard work daily and stay accountable. Oh, I love that. I didn't know about mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, absolutely. And everybody, yeah. make sure you check the show notes. We'll link the, we'll link the brand there. We'll link uh, my code in there so y'all can... Y'all can get a discount too on some fuel hunt stuff. Just don't tell Jerry and Drew. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, bro. I love thank it, man. You. Well, guys, it's been amazing talking to you guys. I'm a truly, obviously, a huge fan. I love you guys to death. I love the brand. You guys are a big supporter of the Wild Man Experience, which I'm truly grateful for. And for everybody listening, make sure you guys give them a follow. Go check them out. Your last question before we hop off, real quick, is. Uh, we'll start with Joey this time. Yeah, I was going to say, Joey is going to Can you see the sweat? We're going to start with Joey real quick. All right. What does the art of masculinity mean to you, brother? Great question. I would say, to me, masculinity means mastering yourself and then giving away what you've learned during that process to others. Mm. Love that one. What about you, Drew? All right. I think the art of masculinity is perfectly encapsulated in the beach family pillars. Work hard, face dreams, be strong, give first, never quit. Mm. I love that. I love both those, man. Those are God. You get all the, everybody listening right now, you guys are getting gold right at the end. So hopefully you stuck around to this point. I love it. Well, thank you, fellas. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys. And to everybody else listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Till next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>